0: you're looking for demand it's really hard to make something when there's no demand Um, i I think a lot of people want to make things but they don't really know if there's a customer uh, that wants to buy it so for me i'm always looking for hey is there demand if there's competition great that means people are making money in it and let me see how i can uh, you know just merge my way in there
1: welcome to the business mastermind podcast with business strategist speaker and author gavin preston tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Gavin here. Great to have you back on the show. So today we're reaching across the pond again and to the US and joined by CEO and founder of Voy Media, Kevin Urtia. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast.
0: Hey Gavin, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
1: So you're somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, serial startup, scale-up kind of guy. So before we kind of get into the uh, some of the conversation today about growing and scaling businesses. You've taken, you know, a home cleaning business and you've taken it from naught to three million dollars in eighteen months, and then an e-commerce business from naught to one and dollars in twelve months. So both impressive results. Um, Show us a bit about your background because you started off in Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah. So thank, yeah, like I said, I my, my started off in Silicon Valley, but I grew up in New York City. So I grew up in Long Island, and then going out, I went to college in upstate New York. And really when I was growing up, I was really focused on tech and startups. And that's all I wanted to do, um, which is so funny because I was talking to my brother uh, yesterday. My brother does a lot of stuff with me. And we were going back into like my old emails, like, you know, that old Gmail, like I remember when Gmail first came out, I was like, you've been invited to Gmail. Like people don't remember that, but like, that was a thing where like, you have to get invited. So that, yeah, that's how like, that's how where I went, and I was looking through my old emails, and there was this website called like Rentacoder. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's like kind of like right. Upwork or like Elance now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I was looking through those emails, and I was like, whoa! Like I was like 17, trying to find somebody to make me like a, a like a Reddit type of site. And I was yeah, like, this is yeah. so crazy. And I was like, and I was telling my brother like. I guess this is kind of like how I decided to do programming because like I wanted to do something and I tried to hire somebody and I was like, oh my God, they're charging me like 1200 bucks. So this is too expensive. I have no money. Uh, and that's sort of like how I got started into like tech and, and building things. But, but at that time, I already was like really into like, oh, I want to make my own thing because I was reading all this tech crunch, tech news. And I was like, whoa, like these guys making software are like making money. And I, I didn't really know what that was um, at that time too much but i knew i wanted to do something with it because i was already big into gaming and, and playing games and i was like oh like what can i do with that and i was like oh people were like just do computer science but when i went to college i figured out computer science was like very different than what i wanted to do like i want to do more iphone apps websites uh like all this like stuff that like people can see and touch or like play with a computer whereas computer science was more like the theory like, Hey, what's an algorithm? How do you do this function? I was like, Oh, this is so boring. I was like, this is not what I want to do. So basically in college, I spent a lot of time just learning like Ruby on rails, web design, CSS, and even taught myself graphic design. And I was like, I got to do graphic design because I want to build stuff that people can actually like play with or touch. Especially at that time, like people using Twitter, Facebook, Quora. And I was like, Whoa, like that excitement of like you built something and people use it was what got me excited and excited even in college, me and Wilson, my other friend, we started like our own web development agency that we were able to, we were building iPhone apps and web apps for people. And at that time, uh, I do not even know it was sales, but I was like, I wrote a Ruby script that went to Craigslist to so like my local area. And I would detect keywords like web design or web design project. And then automatically would email them saying, Hey, my name is Kevin. I'm a college student in Binghamton. And I'm like, love to sort of work your project. I have this agency called one tiny bit. Uh, love to chat. Right. And then that's kind of like how I did stuff. And I didn't realize that like this was like sales, but for me, I was just like, oh, I just want to get clients. Like, how do I do this? I was like, oh, Craigslist. Like, I've always been to Craigslist. Like, it's a thing, right? Um, and then, so that's a lot. So, and then, I, and then I followed my dream to go out to California because, like I said, back reading TechCrunch and all this stuff, I was like, all the tech founders are in Silicon Valley. I got to go there. Sure. And then that's when I went, yeah, that's when I went to Mint.com because people said like, oh, like, have you been to California? I was like, no, like, I got the job offer. And I was like, I'm going there. I've never been there before. And I decided to move. Yeah, so I was just like, I told people like I just like I just did what I always wanted to do, and for me it was like scary, but at the same time I was like, this is like, this is what I've dreamed about. Like, I want to go and do it. Like, like so you uh, did. So how yeah. many years
1: did you work at? like I, I know you worked at Intuit as well. So how how many years were you working in other sort of larger
0: organizations? So this is so funny because when I was at Intuit Mint, um, I was there for about six months, and the first month I got there, I was like, Whoa. This was not what I envisioned. And within the first month I knew I wanted to leave and do my own thing because I was like, and I tell people all the time, like people always tell me like, Hey, you should stay there for two years. I was just like, I was like, that's crazy. Two years of working someplace that you don't even like want to work at. I was like, this is crazy. Like for me, I was like, I'm not that type of person. I was like, I know friends that do that. And they're like miserable. I was like, no, like this is my dream. I'm going to do whatever I think I can, I can do to sort of like put up the future in my own hands. So within like six months I left and a lot, a lot of things were the cause of it, but I left and I was like, I went to work for a startup uh, called Zarly. And there I was like, whoa, this is the type of environment I want where we were working like eight to 10 every night and Intuit, Intuit Mint, it was like great company. But I tell people like, maybe if I was much older, like I was going to work maybe nine to five every day. Like you go home, you never think about work. Weekends, you never think about work. And people are like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm like, really? Like, I want to work. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to I do stuff. <laughs> like, I want to be learning programming. I want to be doing startups. I want to do hackathons. Um, but I didn't get that there. So then I left to Zarley and then Zarley was like, whoa, like this is everything I dreamed about. And uh, it was just amazing. And there I, I even... Got into more into program. I was doing hackathons, weekend. Pro- people always tell people like, "Oh yeah, like weekends." I would just go to like coding events and just like program for like forty eight hours. I was like, "Oh, that was fun for me." Like I just did it. Like, yeah, we're like, "Oh, that's so weird." Why would you do that? I was like, "I don't know." Like, because everybody in Silicon Valley did it. It's like a thing that everybody did, right? So it's like that's where I went. That's why I like that, but that's the reason why I went to California because I knew in New York. I always tell people like, "You need to go to where like your people are or people have the same mindset as you." I was in New York and I was telling people this, and they're like oh that's so weird like you're a loser i was just like for me i was like oh that kind of sucks like i wish people didn't call me that i was like but i'm going to california and everybody's like this and i was like i gotta go there because that's where people are like understand
1: where your tribe is yeah
0: and that was i that for me that was so important because i was in new york at that time new york tech wasn't big and i was just like no one gets what i'm doing like Yeah, yeah i was like i can't stay here yeah
1: so a period of time at zali a startup then was that uh, the prompt that you wanted to just do your own startup
0: yeah so when i was in california i was still working on stuff like that working on stuff like like it never went away i was like always hacking on things so even in college i was working on this website called like monday.me and it was like for me i, I saw quora it's quora it's like a question and answer website i saw quora and i was just like oh wow like these guys are getting a lot of traffic i was like whoa these guys also raised like 20 million dollars i was like i can build this and then i made like my own version of it for colleges and then i was like okay how do i get traffic and i was like oh like maybe there's this thing called seo and i was like learning about like urls i was like okay if people ask questions they're gonna google these long-term keywords and then i was like oh this makes sense because i was like i use the website stack overflow which is like the number one program website whenever i search for a question they always show up first i was like let me go follow that structure." And that's what I did. And then in college, I did tons of other stuff, iPhone apps, web apps. Uh, But in San Francisco too, uh, I was always building stuff. I was doing like flower delivering company. I was doing uh, like a food meal prep company. Like basically, I just like, for me, it was like, I guess not really like startups. It was more like, let's just build something. I was like, this is a cool idea and see if it makes sense. And then- go to there yeah
1: so you set up a home cleaning business yeah that you took from zero to three million dollars in 18 months
0: yep and for that company that was that was basically after i left california i wanted to do my own thing because i was like oh this is great but i want to move back to new york and i was like i got the experience i needed um and then when i came to new york by this time i was kind of already doing like a little bit of seo i was looking at the markets and i was like oh like there's this cleaning thing that I think makes sense. And when I was in California, I was really working on like checkouts and, and checkout flows. And I was looking at the cleaning market and I was like, Oh, like a lot of this way that people are doing cleaning now is like you send a cleaner, they take measurements to your home and they give you a price. And then if they if you're happy with the price, you are like, okay, great. Let's do, let's get the job done. Right. But I felt like that was so inefficient because what if the client said, no, you just wasted a day. Right. And then you mm-hmm. pay the person. So I was like, let me, let me make it. So when someone books, you can just book online and we'll have standard flat rates. And that was like, that back then was like the thing that like, it sounds so obvious now, but back then it was like, no, like you just, someone went to your house and like actually inspected it. Um, And that sort of helped us get a lot of customers easily because um, all the old competition was just doing the old way. And we're like, oh, like people don't want to just like people into the price. Like they want to know the price right now. Right. So that's what we did and that's how we grew made, the company's called made sailors um and really there that's when i learned everything about like hiring firing uh marketing seo a website built um, i mean i was a programmer but like a uh, website for conversions that actually got sales right <laughs> so stuff like that uh, email marketing was actually something i learned uh with my cleaning company because i didn't realize that like i, re- I never did email before i kind of knew it was but i never really did like promos or sales Mailchimp and stuff like that uh, but that's sort of like a little bit of like... So
1: did you um, bring in operational people that would manage the, the cleaners or, or were the cleaners all self-employed and, and you would just act as a broker?
0: Yeah, so in the beginning, it was just me managing everything, like hiring. Again, we, for hiring, we used Craigslist to hire the cleaners, uh, bring them on board. We would inter- interview them. In the beginning, it was all independent contractors. Uh, and then eventually, we're switched to all employees. So every cleaner we have right now is an employee. So even at this time, we have over 150 maids And we're in New York city, Chicago, and Boston. But that was like a much like five year at least now of us running the company. And then eventually I hired people. And in the beginning, I just hired people that I knew that needed a job. And I was like, Hey, like I'm building this thing. Like, do you want to come build it with me? And like, I was like, I don't really, I can't pay you that much, but like, I think it's going to work and let's just figure it out. And I was just like, in the beginning, you don't really have a job role. It's like, Hey, like, let's kind of figure out, let's kind of both do a little bit of everything. And then eventually as you sort of, figuring out what people can do. You sort of start splitting people up. Um, but yeah, the three guys I hired initially the first year I, start, I started, the cleaning company. are still with me right now. Amazing. Five years later. Yeah.
1: So what, from a marketing and a sales point of view, what were the things that you did that enabled you to scale it to 3 million in 18 months?
0: So the biggest thing that we did was this was maybe in five years ago, back then, um, you, obviously everybody hears at Google maps, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was like, Google local wasn't a big thing where like, let's say you're looking for like food. You didn't see like all the food spots on on Google as you do now. Back then that was like first coming out. Google just launched that. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool thing. And at the same time, if you look for like, let's say made service NYC, uh, as you see now, as you probably see now, you have like the local listings before it wasn't, it was just like the blue links, like the standard websites. Yeah, yeah. So then, when that Google listing, like whatever things, came onto the Google search, that's when we got a ton of traffic, and we started optimizing for that. And then I started going to like all the local forums. Like, okay, people we were like, "Oh my God, what's this Google local SEO thing?" And and uh, that's really when we started tr- uh, scaling up and ranking up. And but for us, SEO was a big, big player of this because a lot of a lot of local cleaning companies just weren't optimized for SEO or they didn't see the value in it until uh, more people started doing it. So that's that was really helpful for us and. But by this time, it wasn't my first time doing like SEO before this, kind of like when I was like left my company and started this cleaning company. And even on the nights and weekends, I was still uh, working on affiliate websites. So I was like still kind of like ranking affiliate stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this SEO thing actually works. And I would reply to my main business. So yeah.
1: And now is it still very much around SEO or, or are you having to use uh, more paid? Uh...
0: We still do a lot of SEO. We still do Facebook ads and Google ads though. But SEO is still our bread and butter, and I I think SEO is pro- even though like I've run Void Media and we do paid stuff, I still people like SEO is still like the best thing. I love SEO. I think like I don't do it for people. If people ask like, oh, why don't you do SEO for other people? Because like like because SEO takes so long. I was like, people don't understand the value of it until like you actually have seen. Oh wow, this actually brings me traffic. But the first year you're like, whoa, like I'm not getting any sales. <laughs> like so I'm like, yeah, that's SEO. <laughs>
1: yeah. So then um, whilst the home cleaning business is growing you then start an e-commerce business
0: chester travels yeah so basically once i was at this point uh the cleaning company was already growing and we had like maybe a uh, good operational people and by this time for the cleaning company we, we also have a, we also acquired three other cleaning companies so three in new york and then one in chicago because for us it's about growing and expanding our footprint right yeah so and then by this time we like, right, we knew what to do. We kind of knew how to run the business. We were like operationally sound, uh, of course you can always improve, but we had a lot of, uh, great stuff that we thought we could apply to other companies and people always, and for us, for these other companies is if you're, if you're in any space, you kind of know the people in it. So you would always kind of like keep in touch and you'd be like, Hey, how's business going? And, and you kind of ask, and people were like, Oh, like I kind of want to sell this company. And that's how kind of, we bought our first company in Chicago. Because just, I was asking him, hey, like, how's your cleaning company? He's like, and like, oh, I'm like, hey, like, you want to run anymore? He's like, no, not really. I was like, oh, like, I want to go to Chicago. Let me, like, let me, let me see your numbers. And we, we acquired it in like a day, not a, like a week or so. And then I went to visit him and we finished everything. But, but at the time too, I was like, already kind of wanted to do something else. Um, as you probably tell, like, I just have so many random, I have so many ideas I just like love to think about. So I was like, oh, I want to do, I want to do like e-commerce stuff. And by this time, So Chester is actually my second e-commerce company. Before that, I started another one. Um, And then that, that came out because FBA, you know, Amazon FBA was like a thing. Like everybody in their like mother was talking about, Oh my God, you can make so much money on FBA. You go to Alibaba, you get a product and you do that. Right. And so basically my friend Wilson, he was doing it and he was telling me how much money he was making. And I was like, I need to do that too. Cause you're making a lot of money and it's like, you have less employees than me and like, I need to figure out what you're doing. Uh, so then he, he told, he taught me pretty much everything that I, he's like, go here, read this, watch this podcast, watch this YouTube video. I think back then it was like the biggest podcast was like the amazing seller by Scott Walker. Right. Oh, that was yeah, a yeah, huge, yeah. yeah a Huge one. I was like, listen to like everything on there. And, and then uh, we built this outdoor gear company. And the reason why we did outdoor gear company, people was like, Oh, you outdoor gear? I mean, I do go outdoors, but Wilson, he had an outdoor gear company and I was like, oh, I want to do something in the same space. And then he was upset at first. I was like, no, you're not copying me. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna sell the same product that you, but let's do something outdoors. That way, when I get an email list and you have an email list, we can cross sell. But by this time, I knew like email lists are so important. Yeah, yeah, so he's like, yeah. oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, so we built that and I built that. And then I've been to China actually like three to four times already. I've been to my factories. I've been to Canton Fair. Um, and then there you have the, the company, the outdoor gear company is called Montem we make trekking poles we're like number one in the wire cutter new york times like we're the number one product so we have a great product um, but but as but as with anything we saw competition come in like we were selling the product at our price competition would lower it for like another dollar we would lower it another dollar it's like amazon you saw the writing on the wall it was like a, a race to the bottom right yeah, yeah. and the reason why and the reason why was a few things that tell people like a product like ours wasn't that hard to make it's not easy to make but it's not hard so if yeah. you want to make it you can make it and a thing about it too he that a very small product, uh, so it's collapsible. So uh, a lot of people can, uh, you can. it's easy to ship. So that's why it's kind of like, you don't need too much startup investment. Like maybe, I think we started with maybe like 10, 15K. It's not, it's not little, but it's not a lot in the grand scheme of them, things. So then I was like, I want to do another e-commerce company. And then based on all my learnings of what I learned before, I was like, oh, I'm going to do a luggage company. And the reason was kind of everything I just said before, where it's big item, uh, you need a... We needed a custom mold, custom thing. It's very hard to ship. And then for us, it was like, oh, well, this is like, we didn't see too much competition on Amazon yet. Because at that time, you have Samsung and Toomey. They were very in this mode of, hey, we're a premium brand. We're never going to be on Amazon. And we're like, oh, this is great because there's so much demand. Um, So it's kind of like anything I see, I'm like, you have to just think about the market and think about how the people are thinking and see, can you come in with something? Like I always tell people like, my ideas aren't something new, like, like made maids is not a new thing. It's like what it's like a little thing, a twist on what you have. And the reason why I tell people that is because you are looking for demand. It's really hard to make something when there's no demand. Um, I, like, I think a lot of people want to make things, but they don't really know if there's a customer uh, that wants to buy it. So for me, I'm always looking for Hey, is there demand? If there's competition, great. That means people are making money in it. And let me see how I can you know, just merge my way in there. So that's why we made Chester. And with Chester, uh, the investment was much more. It was about like 250K because everything there was custom and much bigger item. Um, so that's sort of what, how we did Chester. And of course for that one, we did a lot of, uh, YouTube reviews really big for us for people comparing our luggage. We did a lot of influencer marketing. So we sent out a lot of the products influencers. And then Amazon again, was a really big market for us just because at that time there wasn't that many, um, luggage sellers on Amazon. Um, so we were able to, uh, just basically flood the market with a great product, uh, compared to like, kind of like the luggage that you see in like random stores for like 20 bucks. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. It's like, looks kind of nice but like if you look at chester it's like i think it's like a beautiful design product great luggage people love it because it's uh just the way it looks it appeals to like a luxury type of person
1: Hi, Gavin here. I wanted to say a huge thank you. Thank you to all of you who have bought a copy of my book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. The feedback's been excellent. Copies have gone to all four corners of the planet. I'm so grateful and humbled. I also wanted to let you know that now the audiobook version is out. The audio format can be got from audible.co.uk or audible.com or from my website, surviveandthrive.cc. It was a lot of fun recording the audiobook and hopefully you'll pick up my passion as I take you through all the insight strategies and case studies to help you not only survive but thrive through uncertain times so go to audible.com or audible.co.uk to check out Survive and Thrive by Gavin Preston or grab it from my website surviveandthrive.cc Since you've been in that space with Chester Travels have you seen a lot more competition arrive on Amazon?
0: Yeah, I mean like now like anything like now people are like Amazon is no longer seen as like a discounted place. It's kind of like, you got to be there or else like you're not making any money. It's, it's the stigma was like, Oh, like if you're on Amazon, you're probably not a brand, but like Amazon has made it so much where no matter what type of brand you are, you have to be on Amazon just because yeah, yeah. they just dominate e-commerce. So because yeah, that's where the traffic they, is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of like, uh, something that, uh, we've seen before now every company's on there. So I mean, are you,
1: yeah. you're, you're still running the home
0: cleaning business? You're still running Trust to Travels? Yeah. So we like so basically the way like how like so basically the companies for me it's like um obviously me but then total I have like forty employees that work for me. So it's okay. not like I'm running like everything. It's the way I'm very big into the. I read a book called um the E Myth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Michael Gerber. Was, yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I read the book and I was like, he's like, yeah, like you kind of want to hire people that just be experts at what they're doing. And I was like, oh yeah, like I don't want to be. He's like, don't let the Rizbus. Don't let the business run you. You need to run the business. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that makes. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is why I went on to do different things because I think a lot of people get caught up in like the main company, like, oh my god, it's doing so well. Why don't you run? I'm like, because I want to do something else. So I was like, let me just yeah, yeah. pay somebody. Like, let me just pay somebody a good amount of salary, just have them it for me. Like, because they're they for me, like my my specialty. I think people it's like the risk taking and the doing something where more, some people just don't have that. They'd rather just be like, oh, I've got a job. I'm gonna work on here nine to five and be happy. I was like, okay. Like, let me go find those people that are great. Let me pay them a good salary and go run the company for me while well, I start another one, right? Um, so that so book is always, yeah.
1: What have, have been your biggest lessons then. So how many startups have you, are you in now? Like three, four? Boy Media, do you start Boy Media as
0: well? Yeah, so Boy Media is my company. And that's the one, like, if people ask me, like, where do you spend most of your time at? It's probably Boy Media. Like so 90% that's, that's of my your time fourth is
1: startup, is it? Boy Media? Yeah, I mean,
0: fourth, that's like, like made it right. But I've like other ones that just like oh, fizzled out and you never know. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you're now running four businesses or you're overseeing four businesses.
0: Yeah. Mostly overseeing mainly one I'm running is probably Void media. Other ones I just oversee them. And like, there's someone that works there. That's like the acting CEO essentially.
1: Sure. Sure. So. Over the years of starting up, scaling up those businesses, adding other businesses onto them, what have been your sort of bigger lessons about successfully managing or you know multiple businesses? Being a serial entrepreneur.
0: Oh, the the biggest one is probably going to be like having procedures in place that people can follow. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's very important to have some sort of format of how things get done. Um, at least in the beginning, or at least at least think about those because you don't want it to be a free for all where everything kind of people do things a little bit differently every time because then you don't really know what's right or wrong. Yep. Um, another, another one is to, I think the biggest lesson I tell people all the time is to be, be comfortable letting go of, of things. A lot of people just want to do everything themselves because it's like, they just feel so emotionally attached to it. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I think sometimes people uh, really tie their identity to what they do with work and then if you're if you're like, for example, Michael Gerber was like as a baker, like let's say you're not baking anymore and you tell your friends what do you do? And all your life you they know as a baker, you feel like, whoa, like what am I now? Am I just this thing? And and I tell people like, I'm probably people always ask what I do. I'm like, oh, I just kind of run my businesses, like, yeah, I do cleaning, like, I'm not a cleaner, I just do outdoor gear. I'm not really a hiker, I just run it. But uh, I think sometimes people really get their aden- personal identities attached to what they do. And then that's the reason why they can't let go because they don't know who they are after that. Um, where for me I'm like I'm perfectly fine letting go. I was like, yeah, let me go find somebody. I want to do, I want to work on my own, st- other stuff. <laughs> so um, another thing is hiring. I think hiring is super important. Um, obviously everybody, everybody says that, but for us, uh, probably the most important part of hiring, I think is your references. So whenever we bring somebody on board, we will ask them for five references and oh, we will make, five. yeah, we will make, yeah, we will make sure that we can actually, if they can't give us like at least four, then we know that something's off uh, and then we'll talk to them and see, and uh, you, we want to get good feedback. And, and, of course, we look for keywords. If someone says, uh, like, hey, like, John Smith, he's a really nice guy. I'm just like, okay, he's probably not a good person then. Because if you're, if you're and I tell people, like, how do you know them?" like, because, like, think about the context. You're asking for a professional reference. Why would they, like, tell you a personal, like, if that's the first thing they say, like, some, it's okay to sit at the end. But really, like, I know my great employees that work for me. I'll be like, okay, they executed this, this, and this what comes to mind is the work, not how nice they are. If they tell you they're nice, I'm like, okay, they probably weren't good. They're probably a friend or somebody, right? Where if they can't give you like actual stuff, because I know my best employees and I'm like, oh, wow, like this is what they've done. And I want to make sure that the person calling them knows that they should get hired because they're actually good. Um, and I think you see, like, it's not like you're asking a friend like, oh, how is he? And I'm like, okay, like, be, I don't really care. Like, I want to know, can he execute?
1: So- so how's, um, what have you seen about a shift in demand in Chester Travels then? Because people aren't traveling as much at the moment. So has there been a, a big sort of fall off in demand for, for luggage? Oh, yeah. It's
0: so bad. It's like <laughs> terrible. I mean, like every luggage company is like struggling. Like sales have gone like, like from like top high to like, whoop, like zero. And it's just like, oh, crap. Like what are we doing? This is kind of where we're in this phase of uh, you don't know what to do because you have all this sto- luggage in storage. Mm-hmm. so we're doing promos we're doing sales we're doing like anything we can do it and you can see every luggage company throughout like the industry is like trying stuff like there's another company out here in new york city that just did like a massive 50 percent off sale because they're just like like us we just have all this stuff in storage that no one's buying let's somehow at least break even and maybe next year sell them stuff right so yeah it's really bad so yeah so bad
1: and so are you finding yourself having to look at your cost base in that business? And have you, have you been able to retain all your, all your team or have you had to let some people go?
0: Yeah. So basically what we've done for that. So the thing about it, the great thing about us too, is like, since we have like other companies, we just shifting people. Like we saw oh, like, great. Hey, let's just, great. yeah. Yeah. Let's like, Oh, like, okay, great. Like you can't do customer service anymore. All right. Let's go to the outdoor gear company and do customer service there because we still need help. So for example, like Chester went down, but the outdoor gear company went up since people yeah, started hiking yeah. more. Right. So it's yeah, like, yeah yeah so it's like oh it's great yeah but it still sucks because like we still have one company that's not doing well um but yeah so like you kind of see this stuff here and then um like void media is just its own thing it's market digital marketing is like going through the roof and we just like can't even keep keep hiring enough people
1: so w- do you when, with the people that you wanting to get them to the right standard in Voy media do you train them yourself? Do you look for a certain degree of pedigree of where they've come from previously? How do you, how do you make sure? Because I often hear that people say you can't get hold of enough of the right talent. So let's take an yeah. a, a, a in-demand skill set like digital marketing. How do you get hold of enough of the right caliber of talent?
0: Honestly, a lot of the great talent that we've had at Avoid Media comes from people reaching out to me because they've heard me on like, podcasts or chose because they're like, oh, wow, like you know some marketing. I want to work for you, right? Honestly, that's like the best. That's why like, I mean, you probably know, like that's why doing this, like just being out there, people that if people are listening to the podcast, they're probably talented and smart too, right? So it's like, oh, hey, I want to do that. So I think just really thinking about where your, where your your employees might be or what they're thinking about. And that's really where we had some of our great employees. Another great place that we found great employees, I tell this to everybody, is angelist.com It's like a, a angel angel.co or just Google Angelist great employees on there and the reason why i know it is because that's where the, a lot of tech and startup jobs are so a lot of right. tech and startup people are there uh, so like i've i love that place and it was i was like upset last week because it was like free to recruit and then all of a sudden they started charging to recruit i'm just like oh now it's like indeed or it's like they charge all this money to find people but i i like i like those two spots uh so like just like people finding me and and uh And for us too, another, actually, another great tip I would tell people is like, we hire from anywhere. So obviously we're based in New York City, but we have employees in Slovenia. One of my creative people that's like been with me for a year or so, he's in Slovenia. He's great. He just found me online um, with people in England, uh, UK, obviously. Um, We have people in India, we have people in in Asia and also in like South America. For me, it's, it's not about like where you're from. Obviously it's like more like, Hey, can you do the work? And are you talented enough that you can actually execute? Um, And again, like with talent nowadays you can just use slack slack's a great place to do it so yeah, at least for us we tell like
1: and then yeah. in terms of managing the performance across all the four or five businesses uh, do you have monthly board meetings what's your what's your process that you actually ensure performance um a stays where it needs to be or the, the actions that you need to in a situation like chester has with, with regard to no international travel? yeah
0: so for something like chester we kind of like all just like hey we know it's gonna be bad like let's like let's let's think about it but like let's not like dwell and sort of like there's nothing we can do right sometimes yeah. i think uh so, so, like basically my mindset's like hey like we know this is bad and we know that there's nothing that we can physically do to make it better so let's just like not even stress about it let's sort of like think about okay great we have inventory let's try to do a promo um something like montan we have like monthly meetings uh mates too um but then really for like let's say for for foy media Uh, With performance of stuff, we have like QBRs uh, with every quarter. And then we also have um, uh, anybody that works for us has like uh, their own sort of like internal guidelines that we need to follow up or projects they're working on. And then anybody that works for us too has weekly meetings where we're talking to them one-on-one about everything they're doing, how they're focusing. And then again, we have like weekly calls of the team as well. Um, and so, uh, but by so, virtue of the
1: nature that you've got a number of different businesses effectively across different uh, different cities you would have had rem- been used to remote teams <coughs> but uh, evidently you'll have had a greater degree of home working uh, over recent months have you have you found maintaining engagement motivation and and performance harder with remote teams or you've, you've kind of got into a pattern already and that works really well for you
0: yeah. So the remote work, so this question is interesting because I've always been re- working remotely for like when I was like programming and I was like, and I, re- I never found like a difference. I was just like, Oh, like I'm kind of do this. Like since I was like 17, I was like working on stuff. And then it was interesting when like, it was like a work remotely thing because I was doing it for a while, like nights and weekends. I was like programming on apps. Mm. I was like, I guess I was like, I was like, I guess I was working remotely. Like I just never thought about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was more just like doing that. But the great thing about it too, was that um, uh, let's say for Void Media. We knew that, so we knew early on, this is like last year, that we kind of wanted to be like a remote company because we had a lot of remote employees. So we were instilling like every Wednesday was a work from home day because we, so we're based in New York City because we wanted their people, the employees that were uh, in New York City, to know what it felt like to be remote. That way they knew what the other teammates felt like. Like when you have like okay, office like, like, like chat. It. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we had, like, office chat, like, and, like, you would tell that to another person, like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm like, you guys, like, we need to do a better job of communicating online. So, um, so then when that happened, it was kind of like, we were in that, like, mindset of, oh, like, we know that half our employees are remote. Like, it's kind of not fair for them to, like, know what's going on. So, let's sort of ex- feel their pain. So, that's where we came out with that. Yeah.
1: And how have you, you know, I've got friends who started off, you um, Uh, before lockdown they were working in a a big corporate office and then they were working from home and at first it was great but now they're really missing that social interaction that that vibe that coffee you know uh, machine chat or whatever how do you how do you keep that team spirit and that sense of uh, camaraderie going when you're working remotely
0: so yeah that's that's very tough and it's it's something that i've had to adjust to because kind of what i said before like i was used to it so i never felt it but then teammates are saying it to me and i was like i was like oh why do you feel that way i was like obviously like me like that's one thing you could be is like like well, i always tell people like well, the worst thing you can do is like not put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and just think about mm, yourself sure. and then i was like and i was like that's something i've learned like like i, I was like i have my own way of thinking and i was just like and then people were telling me and i was like whoa like there's actually multiple people thinking this way. <laughs> like I, got, I need to actually like research what I should do. Right. Like, so then I was like asking them like, Hey, what'd you like to do? So then we started doing like, um, so I live in Brooklyn and some employees live nearby. So I was like, Hey guys, if you guys want, you can come work for my apartment uh, a few days a week. Just let me know. Cause like, they still want to come see us and talk to us. Um, we had like a, the other day we had like New York city has like open dining. So we got like, Hey guys, let's go get dinner. Right. And then in two weeks from now, we just plan another event to just go sort of meet up each other at someone's rooftop. So I'm trying to like, we're trying to consciously do better at that. But one thing that, one thing that we made mandatory, at least for everything that we do right now is zoom is obviously a big one, but we made it so that you always have to have your camera on whenever you have a team chat, like no matter where you are, what time it is, like you need to be a camera on. And that's sort of like, that way you can sort of see that someone's there and like, you're not like in like laying on your couch, like kind of pretending you're paying attention, right? (laughs) So uh, there's some things that we've done there. And of course we try to like, uh, try to like um, talk in general chat, but some people actually do go to the office because our office is still open and some people still do go there. um, But like, I don't go there. It's like, I love being So It's like, But it is tough. And uh, it's something that we're trying to get back, back out of. And of course you can use all the tech you want. Like we have some tech inside Slack that allows us to like compliment people and give them stars and awards kind of like how you do in the office, but it's not the same. And, um, but we're trying to do more meetups essentially. It's tough. I, I just don't know what kind of, like how to sort of fix that right now
1: so you 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 see across a number of different businesses obviously in different sectors you see across the service sector and e commerce um what what are some of the trends or what do you think some of the changes that will you know will we, we'll look back in twelve months eighteen months' time and what 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 will have really risen to the top as a result of changing work practices
0: I think the biggest one is gonna be this working from home stuff yeah. uh at least for me because I think everybody now is like yeah, why wasn't I working from home? Like, it's like, it's like, you realize that like these big companies just said you couldn't work from home because mm-hmm. why? Like, because they just didn't want to. Right. And like, you realize like work is still getting done. And the biggest thing is going to be, at least for New York city is like, there's so much real estate that's just offices. And I'm yeah, just like, yeah, Holy sure. yeah, I'm like, Oh my God, this is like crazy. Um, so that's sort of my, my work from home thing. I think this is great. I'm just like, it's great because now people can truly live anywhere. And I think that's awesome. Like new people came to New York City because it's like, hey, here's the jobs at. But now you can go anywhere in the US now. A lot of people are moving out to like the Midwest, which is oh, anywhere, so much in the cheaper. World. Yeah, which is great. I think that is like the best thing that comes out of it. And the reason why I think it's so great is because at least for me, when I was in programming, we, we knew this already. Like the best programs don't live in the US. They live in Canada, they live in South America, they live in Russia, they live in Ukraine. Like we were hiring programs from anywhere. But for like any other industry, it was like, no, the best people are in America. I'm like, but I'm like, that's not necessarily true, right? Like you, everybody knows that. And I think now people are seeing that like, yeah, like if you're a great employee, you're going to work. I think the, mm. the thing that was scared is kind of like the earlier question, like how do you maybe keep people working at morning? Work? I'm like, if you're a great employee, you want to work because you get a sense of purpose by doing great work. And if you're a bad employee... You're still going to be a bad employee, no matter in the office or out of the office. So, that for so me doesn't true. change. So yeah. true.
1: Back to your hiring point as well. Yeah, oh, Kevin, this is a great conversation. How do people find out more about you personally and also about the work that you're doing in uh, Void Media if they're interested in tapping into the, the, the marketing prowess and skill sets of the team at Void Media?
0: Yeah, the best way is just go to uh, voidmedia.com or you can just like that's part of the best way or just go to if you for me i'm really big on twitter i love twitter it's probably like i've been on that platform like 10 years now and so you can find me on twitter and my username is just danis d-a-n-e-s-t so that's, that's where you can find me
1: brilliant thank you kevin really really enjoyed your time today and uh i, I look forward to continuing our conversation on uh, on your own podcast
0: thank you gavin
1: yeah speak soon You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. Enjoy more success
0: and create more impact.